what, what the difference is between real intelligence or AGI is you expect the system to, first of all, deeply understand what you're saying. Uh, secondly, to remember what you said. So what if you say something early in the conversation, you expect it to remember that and use that information later on. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my amazing guest, Peter Voss. Peter, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for the invitation. Awesome. Super excited about this. So uh, let everybody know who you are and the 5,000 foot view of what you love to do. Um, yes, I'm the CEO and chief scientist of iGo.ai, and my my company um, has developed over many years actually a conversational AI uh, that actually has some real intelligence. Uh, so uh, we call our, our current product a chatbot with a brain, because most chatbots don't have a brain, and that's my passion: artificial intelligence. Um, Awesome. I love it. So how did you get into artificial intelligence and chatbots? Yeah, so I started out um, as an electronics engineer, actually, you know, working on the sort of the chips that make computers work. And then I fell in love with software and my electronics company turned into a software company and I developed um, ERP software suite um, for small businesses. And that became quite successful. We went from the garage to 400 people and did an IPO. So that was super exciting. We'd love to do that again. Nice. And, Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and it's, you know, when I exited that, that company that I thought, you know, I had time on my hands and said, well, what big project do I want to tackle? And what struck me is that software really is pretty dumb. Uh, you know, it doesn't have any common sense. It doesn't think or reason, uh, you know, while I was very proud of the software we developed, it was still, I realized limitations. So I wanted to figure out how we can make software more intelligent. And I took five years off to study intelligence, all different aspects of intelligence, you know, even uh, how do children learn and uh, how does our intelligence differ from animal intelligence? What do IQ tests measure? And even sort of the, the, the basic questions of philosophy, epistemology, theory of knowledge, um, what is reality and how do we know anything? How can we be certain you know, of, of, uh, of things? So it, the culmination of all of that uh, was that I came up with a, a, a theory of how to build a thinking learning machine, you know, a system that can learn and think more like we humans do. And so in 2001, I then launched a company to turn these ideas into actual prototypes. And uh, for several years, we were in pure R&D mode. And then um, in 2008, we launched our first commercial company, uh, automating call center calls intelligently. Wow. So explain the difference between an algorithm that kind of takes a consistent amount of data and incorporates it as its now new algorithm versus artificial intelligence, or is that essentially the same thing? 
So, yeah, it's actually pretty confusing. So on the one hand, you have, you know, what most people would just consider programming. You know, you program the system and you have a lot of essentially if-then-else statements, you know, and say, if that happens, then do something else. Um, but, you know, the term AI has, has changed quite a bit over the years, and it's sort of gone through summers and winters. Um, so, you know, AI, when the, the, the term was coined originally some 60 odd years ago, it was really about building thinking machines to build, you know, machines that can think and reason the way humans do. But that turned out to be really, really hard. So over the, the, the decades, AI really turned into what is best described as narrow AI. It's solving one problem at a time. And, you know, like, uh, when IBM became the world chess champion, it was just solving the problem of playing chess. Now, uh, that machine, Deep, Deep Blue, couldn't even play checkers, you know, so it was very narrowly designed. But, you know, people like to use the term AI for that uh, because they got funding and it was like a sexy term. And then you have the AI winter where suddenly everybody got, uh, you know, disappointed by the limitations of AI and then nobody would call their products AI at all. Um, so about eight, nine years ago, um, the big companies like Google and um, Amazon and uh, yeah, you know, the, the companies that have a lot of data, that have a lot of computing power, um, figured out how they could use this massive amount of data and computing power to actually do some really revolutionary things, uh, you know, much better than they've been done before, like image recognition, improving speech recognition, and of course, targeted advertising, you know, trillion dollar business, how they could do this much more effectively. So that technology is called deep learning, machine learning. And they attached the label AI to that, you know, it was sort of came out of, out of the field of AI research. So AI became a, you know, a sexy term again, an acceptable term. And, you know, everybody started calling their companies .ai instead of .com. Um, you know, that helped with fundraising and, and so on. But all of that is still not really anything like the original AI. So, um, so I actually coined the term together with two other people of AGI, Artificial General Intelligence in 2001, to signify the original idea of, of, of AI. So it's, it's very confusing. You know, you have sort of what you would just call programming, uh, which is often just sold as AI. And then you have some people working on sort of real AI, AGI. Thanks. Love that. And thank you for it. it. Does it really, when it comes to using software, does it make a difference whether or not it's just programming or different differentiations of AI? Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, you get, you know, you get like a normal programming, you get good programs and you get mediocre programs and you get really bad programs. And, and the same is, is true for the sort of narrow AI that we see all around us. But inherently, there are severe limitations. I mean, if you are, um, you know, looking at, you know, the good example is when you call into a company and you talk to a computer. I mean, usually people are pretty disappointed with that, to say, say the least. And the reason for that is that they are just, you know, normal programs or call them narrow AI. They don't have any intelligence. They don't really understand what you're saying 
they just respond like a stimulus response. You know, if you say um, blah, 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 something weather, you know, then it will trigger the weather report and okay, that's fine. But if you say, I hate Uber, don't ever give me Uber again, it'll probably still trigger the Uber app, you know, and, and say, well, <laughs> well you, you want know, Uber? Some, yeah. And well, <laughs> I, I don't have anything against Uber. Um, but, you know, and then, and then somebody wrote a little program to say, well, where do you want to go? Uh, how many people are going and do you want Uber X, you know? And I mean, there's no real intelligence in, involved in that. And that's really what pretty much everybody's doing with chatbots uh, th these days. Now, some of it can be uh, pretty neat, you know, like you have Alexa and Siri and, you know, close the blinds or, you know, play Misty for me or whatever, you know. And, um, but it doesn't go beyond that. There's no, so what, what the difference is between real intelligence or AGI is you expect the system to, first of all, deeply understand what you're saying. Uh, secondly, to remember what you said. So what if you say something early in the conversation, you expect it to remember that and use that information later on. You don't have to repeat yourself. Um, but also even to have long-term memory and to be able to reason. You know, if, if, if you hired a personal assistant um, that worked for you, and they didn't remember what you said two sentences ago uh, or didn't take into account that you said, I hate Uber, you know, uh, they wouldn't last very long, you know. So you really want an intelligent system. Uh, but for that, you need the technology. You need that brain uh, that can actually make sense of what you're saying and remember and reason. Would it be easier for you to program in a chatbot than it would be for, say, Google to figure out what I'm looking for when I'm looking for something? Because sometimes I ask for a white horse and it gives me blue you know, mountains. And it's like, OK, not even close. <laughs> right, right. So well, how do you how do you program that in when, you know, maybe somebody's saying something that just doesn't fit with the information that you have? Yeah, I think the, the best way to think of this is, you know, if you had a human that you gave the same information, I mean, they can't read your mind, um, you know, so they may also misunderstand, but then they're probably smart enough if they don't understand to know that they're not understanding and to ask you, well, and say, well, you didn't really give me enough information that to, for me to, 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 to do this job. So, you know, having intelligence obviously is key to, being able to, you know, to be helpful, uh, but that that doesn't necessarily mean that you know you're not gonna that's not gonna make you omniscient, you know. Um, <laughs> but on oh, here yeah. we were so hopeful about that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, even with the most advanced uh, sort of uh, real intelligence development, we are still quite a long way from human level intelligence. Um, you know, uh, one of our big clients is One Eight Hundred Flowers, and we developed a. Uh, concierge um, chatbot, well, we don't even like to call it a chatbot, but, you know, a concierge assistant for it, for people. So 1-800-Flowers is, you know, a group of companies, they sell, you know, popcorn and chocolates and Harry and David is part of it and so on. And so as, as our system gets to know the customer, they know who they're buying uh, presents for, what the occasion is. Um, so, you know, if you say I wanted to buy chocolates for my uh, niece Amy's birthday, then an intelligent system would now know that you have a niece called Amy and it's her birthday and she likes chocolates. 
or at least you're buying chocolates for her, let's hope she likes chocolate. So, um, and the system should, you know, uh, take that information as a human would. And it, as you carry on in the conversation, it would take, take that into account. It wouldn't then ask you, what's the occasion or what do you want to buy, you know, or who you want to buy it for. And, uh, and similarly, it should remember that. So next day when you call up and said, oh, I you know, found out she doesn't really need cho one chocolate, can I change the order to flowers, you know, then it should hopefully make sense of that. So is the difference between your chatbot and others just the sheer complexity of it? Because that sounds really intense, being able to know who's calling in, what they're recommending, what they take away from the recommendations if they're yeah. just having a conversation about the weather they don't really want <laughs> updates right. on the weather like right that right, sounds right. intensely complex it, it is but it's not it's not just that it's more complex i mean yes it is it is more complex but it's not the complexity that that uh, makes it work it's really the approach to how you build such a system um so all, all the chatbots out there, like you know, like Siri and Alexa and and, and so on, they use um, a big data approach. They use statistical approaches. So they give them millions or gazillions of examples of what people might say, and then they are tagged and say, well, if it you know has these kind of this kind of pattern, then that's what they want. It's it's a statistical categorizer. And uh, that's the approach that basically pretty much everybody uses is big data. So it's a quantity of data that, that sort of does limited magic, you know, that it does. But ultimately, it's not, you're not a statistic, you know, and your conversation is not statistical one. I mean, the one we're having now um, probably hasn't been had exactly like this before, you know, so it's not, it's not the average. So you really need to build a system that can work with um, that concentrates on the quality of the data you're getting and how you use it rather than the quantity and that's a fundamentally different uh, different approach um, yeah it, it requires the person designing such a system to really understand what intelligence entails well, absolutely. And, and conversation, which I would think is one of Correct. the most complex things that human beings do. So who can take the most advantage of your systems versus kind of the other ones that are out there? Um, well, pretty, uh, you know, any, anybody using a chatbot, because invariably you want more intelligence, you know, and we, we have, you know, customers in, in banking and medical applications, you know, there are also personal applications like um, helping people to manage their diabetes. So you have this personal assistant that can, you know, help people manage diabetes um, for training purposes, you know, as an um, HR, HR help desk in a large company, um, you know, any, any, anywhere where basically you, you want or need to have an, in, a conversation that goes beyond just give me my bank balance, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, you know, the one sort of one shot where you could just say something, you know, close the blinds and okay, you're done, you know, and only one set of blinds you want to close, you know, or something. Um, so really anywhere. Now, the setup and the integration of a system you know, with sort of the backend system, whatever knowledge you need to get from, you know, about the customer and to update, you know, if you take an order, update the order, 
or do a banking transaction or insurance or whatever it might be. Um, the integration still tends to cost money. You have to, you know, be concerned about security and, you know, reliability and all of those things. So currently we are focusing on working with very large companies, um, you know, because the implementation process is, uh, is, is fairly involved. But over time we are building out, building out uh, implementation tools to make the implementations easier and easier that we can also offer this to smaller companies, uh, you know, effectively. Now, our long-term uh, view is to make uh, IGO, which we call uh, our assistant IGO, uh, to make IGO available to individuals as a personal uh, assistant. And we actually call this a personal, personal assistant. <laughs> Um, and it should really be called a personal, personal, personal assistant. Uh, because Just for redundancy or for some other reason? <laughs> for some other reason. Um, because there are three different meanings of the word personal that are actually uh, important here. The first meaning is personal, you own it, it's yours. So it belongs to you, it serves your purpose and not some mega corporation's uh, purpose. So that's the ownership. The second part is it's personalized to you. It's customized to you. It knows, you know, your preferences, what you like, your history, and, and, and so on. And the third personal is the privacy issue that certain things are personal. You want to be able to share your deepest, darkest secrets with IGO and feel comfortable that IGO will only share whatever you want want I got you know you, whatever you wanted to share with whomever you want to share it so it's that, that the privacy issue and you know that that's sort of our longer term view and we have some projects uh, in the pipeline to to you know start offering this to two individuals uh, but you know that's ultimately having it's like an exocortex. It's like an extension to your own own brain on the one hand, and it's like a little angel on your shoulder that can, you know, give you good advice and kind of keep you out of trouble. <laughs> nice. So, is your plan to kind of drip down, if you will, from smaller to smaller companies, making it more and more affordable, or would it be something that you just go to say directly to Apple or whatever and install it in like an app and in phones so that you're kind of hitting everybody all the time. Yeah, we, we're trying to figure out what the, you know, the best way is. And, and there, there are a couple of areas we're pursuing. One of them is for salespeople. If you have, you know, you, you might know that salespeople typically hate to update their CRNs, you know, Salesforce or whatever. <laughs> they don't do it. But if they had a personal assistant that they could just talk to and say, hey, tell me about my next appointment, you know, the, what product are they interested in? Do they have any kids, or what are you know what what are their hobbies? And then once you're done with the uh, with the sales call, you can just say to Igo, um, you know, remind me next Tuesday to follow up. Send them brochure X and let my boss know what's going on. Now you could imagine that a salesperson using Igo like that during the workday would then very naturally say, Hey, Igo, remind me to pick up the kids on the way home. And, you know, and then your spouse would probably want an IGO as well. So that's sort of going from a business use into, you know, private use for the individual is, is one area of doing it. Um, we're also talking to a number of universities, uh, whereas as a student, you know, uh, it can be pretty frightening, I guess, you know, first when you first get to, get to uh, college. 
if you had an ego that can help you find your way around, um, you know, and tell you about where you get your, your books or your lunch or, um, you know, help you with plan your studies and tell you about lectures and whatever, um, then that would also be, you know, a very useful personal, personal uh, assistant. So we, we're exploring different possibilities there. But, you know, as I say, we're not, we're not really, uh, we're still a long way from human level intelligence. So you need to hit the sweet spot of something that's good enough that it will really be helpful for people and people will use it. Um, you know, without it, you know, being as capable as um, um, a, a motivated human. I love it because um, you're <laughs> you've almost got me to buy in, which is kind of funny because I am the one person's going. I am never getting a Siri in my house. I don't need people eavesdropping. I know my phone eavesdrops on me all the time, but it's beside the point. <laughs> I'm still in denial. Mm -hmm. um, but something like what you're describing sounds fantastic in that, I mean, it eliminates the need to train something. So would it, would it uh, um, connect, interconnect into other databases so that it's acquiring, like, let's go back to the student example. If somebody is going, hey, uh, you know, is this, you know, chemistry class the same as I learned in grade seven? Like when we did this thing, is this the same thing? Or, and they're just doing it differently. And if it can give me that back, that kind of <laughs> feedback, or how do I get a, a tutor on this chem class? And it shows me the tutors or the classes that can do that. That seems like an intense amount of data yes, to be uh, pulling. Yeah, absolutely. But um, an intelligent system like that wouldn't need to know all that information. It, you know, like like a human, we are good tool users. So you know, I go could Google it basically, you know, and say, <laughs> and probably okay, Google it better than I do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Googling is, is hard, you know, and uh, and Iger would have infinite patience, you know, to try different uh, things and click on this link and click on that link and say, oh, no, this is nonsense, you know, I'll, I'll look at something else. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Igo is a good tool user, so it can look at different websites and, you know, basically do research for you. It doesn't need to know all the, I mean, it can't possibly have all up-to-date information, you know. Uh, so... Yeah, that, that's the way it would connect to whatever we would connect to potentially, but just, as I say, have a lot more, more patience, uh, uh, you know, to do the research. Fair enough. Don't, don't program in emotions or irritability into your system. Uh, no, no, we, 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 won't, <laughs> we won't do that at all, no. Thanks. So with the, with the system the way it works right now, are you looking at... Do you maintain and do you do the data entry initially in the setup for the chatbots or are you looking to have the company bring in their IT department and do maintenance? How are you looking at those? Yeah, things? so um, whatever works best for the client. Um, now, most of our customers or most large, most companies, not just large companies, have a huge backlog of, of things they want to do and need to do. So more often than not, they they will be happy for us to help them implement it. Now, uh, we are actually quite unique in that we don't supply this as a SaaS service. So basically, we don't have IGO running on our service. We provide IGO uh, to run behind their firewall, basically, you know, on their service. So 
that makes them a lot more comfortable about you know uh, data security and and so on but we help them basically set it up um you know and we have we work with partners as well who help to implement implementation partners so it's either we do it um, implementation partner might do it or the customer themselves can do it um, you know if they if they want to so it, it can be any of those but typically we we tend to be involved in helping them set it up very cool so my brain goes into <laughs> the whole it server thing and peeps if you're listening to this you can ignore this next part if you really want to but i'm thinking that must be an intense amount so they get an entire server with with I go on it, or is it really as simple as uploading software to their system? Um, well, it's a little, little bit, you know, not, nothing, nothing is nothing simple, simple <laughs> in with large corporations. You know, it, right? can, it, it can take four or five months just to kind of get the security clearance and credentials, well, yeah. you know, for, for for companies to work through that. Um, but it, it is technically actually much simpler. I mean, these days. I think every company I've come across uh, use web, use cloud services. You know, they use one of the big three or three cloud services. So uh, I go get actually gets deployed in in whatever cloud service they uh, prefer, and we just set up a cluster in their cloud service to to run uh, runs Igo. So it's not you know that you need to get hardware these days uh, for that. And you know, it's a it's a Docker image that gets copied across and you know, duplicated and um, the scaling and that, you know, it's all managed. So, yeah, it's it, it's not it's not really the pain in implementing. It tends to be more getting through security and legal and working out, you know, uh, with 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 QA uh, of how they want Iger to say things, you know, that that uh, that marketing will sign off on uh, um customer support will sign off on, legal will sign off on, and security, you know. So that that's typically the, the challenge of working through those. Nice. So you have a little bit of a long tail when it comes to <laughs> setting things up. So who would you say is your ideal client? Who are you looking for right now to be able to um, serve and support and that might kind of take you in the direction that you want your company to go in? Yeah. Yes, so you know certainly um, any large company, large enterprise, like whether it's retail, banking, you know, communication, insurance, uh, you know, healthcare, um, any of any of those companies, you know, um, roadside assistant, you know, it's I, I mean, really any any large company, and we supply Igo both customer facing and also within internally in the company. So, you know, if, if a company has thousands or tens of thousands of employees, then just the help desk for IT and for HR become a big headache. So, you know, if, if the employees can just talk to Igo and say, you know, what's the policy on maternity leave, you know, or whatever, what's mm -hmm. the current COVID policy and, you know, and then Iger will remember, they, it will know who they're talking to, will have their particular information, and it's not like you have to wait for whatever, half an hour to talk to somebody. Nice. So give us an example of one of your favorite client stories, one of their best experiences. Um, 
Well, I, I think the story that I, I, I really like, which sort of amplifies the, uh, the, the 1-800-Flower story is we um, actually, they came to us, they heard me talk about this on a podcast <laughs> and they contacted us and, and, and said, you know, we've been trying to do something like that for a number of years. Uh, and these are the owners of, of the company. I mean, it's now a you know, multi-billion dollar company. But when they started uh, in one, one shop that they, they had, they knew most of their customers and you know, they could really give this hyper-personalized service. And as they grew now, they've been looking to ways to, to provide that kind of service to their customers. So several years ago, they wanted to develop this kind of concierge, concierge assistant and they contracted with you know some large companies um, providing this, and they struggled for two years to try and put this together. Spent I don't know millions of dollars on it, and they they just couldn't cut it. You know, with that the technology just wasn't up to it. You know, using conventional chatbot technology, they really needed a brain. And but you know what what really struck me is is that that vision that the, the owners of the company have to provide that kind of service, you know, to be able to, even with, you know, more than 10 million customers, to be able to offer that kind of uh, in, you know, hyper-personalized uh, service, which, you know, people just aren't getting from large companies. You know, you're just a number, you're a statistic, you're demographic. And, you know, if you want to talk to a human in a call center, chances are, it's going to be a pretty frustrating experience. Yeah, there's a very large company around here that we tease. Their motto is, we're not happy till you're not happy. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> they could probably so, benefit. From so, it. Sounds like a telco. <laughs> yeah, bang on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, what, um, what kind of frustrations might somebody be having in a larger company that they're going like, we need this so bad? Um, so actually it, it's really difficult to to run a call center well you know it's uh, it's it's actually very hard to get people and to keep people it's not a job that most people make a career of and you know training and motivating people just getting people in a call center and then compounding the support problem that you have the service problem that you have by long wait times you know you they, they always peak periods now of, of course a company like one eternal flowers is this extreme where you have you know valentine's day and mother's day which you know just goes through the roof you know you go from you know probably a few hundred people to a few thousand people in the and and that you need for support so um it, it's really hard to to basically provide good service um, in, a, in a call center. So there are things that do require you know human touch that that require that kind of judgment when things get escalated and you need to kind of break the rules, you know, where you can't go by the rule book anymore. But the majority of interactions is people just want to get stuff done. You know, they don't particularly want to talk to a, a human and talk about sports scores or, or whatever. You know, if you can just get, you know, get your uh, delivery confirmation or change an order or make a payment or whatever the, the case may be, do that effectively. So it's, it's it, you know, it's not 
it's not actually a lot of people think that by call center automation, the, the motivation is to save money. But uh, yes, of course, you'll save money. It costs less to have a computer system in the long run than uh, humans. But the, the really the much bigger benefit is you can provide better service, much better service. You're not, you're not going to have you know, the variability of quality of different agents or the lack of training. You're not going to have wait times, you know. And with Igo, you have memory. I mean, imagine calling your cable company. Um, you say, you know, Wi-Fi isn't working anymore. And, you know, of course, they'll tell you, well, re reboot the system, you know. Okay. And then, okay, maybe you need to move the router closer to whatever, move it into the kitchen or something, you know, try there. So you might go through that. So then, okay, I'll try that. And then you call again an hour later and, you know, say, well, no, that didn't work. Okay. Have you tried rebooting the system? You know, and, you know, they don't remember, of course, you're talking mm -hmm. to a different person, person and, and they don't remember, but imagine now you're talking to Igo and Igo knows, okay, you've already rebooted the system three times. So no point in doing that again. I know you moved into the kitchen, you know, so, so you can provide much, much better service. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the uh, CFOs will love it at a lower cost. Oh, absolutely. That sounds awesome. So I know that our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? Um, just contact us. <laughs> Phone <laughs> that, me. That's, that's simple. Uh, I go dot AI. Um, I also for those interested in, um, you know, some of the sort of technical background of AGI, um, and even futurism in terms of, you know, where, where are we going with AI and ethics and things like free will. I've actually written a lot of articles on, on that. Uh, they're all linked from our website and they're also on medium.com. So you can just easily uh, find it. And, but yeah, um, you can email me, peter at igo.ai or just uh, contact us on our, on our, on our website. Um, so that's just easy as that. Nice. I love that. So going completely left field, I have to ask you this. At what point in life did you know you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Well, actually, when people ask me a sort of, you know, what, what advice would I give people or what, what I sort of related to that, probably the biggest regret I have that I only started my, uh, my first company at 25 and um, I wish I had done it when I, I started work at 60 and I wish I'd sort of done it straight away because there's nothing like actually doing it, you know, running, uh, running a business or being a co-founder or something, but, you know, basically being responsible for the success of a company. And it's just, there's just so much that you learn, your experience is just that, you know, being responsible for, for making things happen. It's, it's, it's very different. So I, I wanted to, you know, sort of have my own own business from really when I started, but as I say, it took me a while before I actually uh, did that, uh, you know, jumped in the deep end. Why is that? Hmm? Why did it take you a while before you jumped? Um, well, I, I guess I had to feed myself, you know, so. <laughs> Bill? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, um, and and also, I, you know, I did. I, I did obviously take. Uh, I had to 
learn about electronics. You know, I sort of get into the career of being an electronics engineer. So I had to get that, that, uh, that training uh, somewhere first, but I still could have started, uh, could have started earlier. So. I love it. I, I could pick your brain all day, I know, but I value your time immensely. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Any last words for our peeps? Um, no, just, you know, be positive in life. Uh, technology is awesome. And AI is going to just make life even better for us. It will help us make better decisions. It will help us solve many of the problems that we have. Um, so, yeah, lots of, uh, you know, it'll help us. So, Love it. Thank you so much. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app so that we can help you scale your business. We love having you here. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating. I like five stars personally. And share with your friends.